Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. Oh my god, he scared me. I'm talking about ghosts. Get out of here. <laughs> god. <laughs> that needs to be our intro. Go away. <laughs> oh, I saw him. I thought you knew. I didn't. No, I can't. These are noise canceling. I didn't hear you come in here. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Hey, hey, spooksters, and welcome back to another episode of Three Spooked Girls. You're here with your favorite gal pals. If you're new and don't know what this voice is, my name is Tara, and as always, I'm joined with my lovely co-host, Jessica. Aw, thanks. Hi, guys. And today, we are bringing you some paranormal history ghosty shit. We are going to be talking about the Yuma Territorial Prison. Woot, I'm so excited about this. Hell yeah, super excited. And before we jump into that, we're going to go ahead and just quickly do our little business spiel we always do, and then what we're drinking, and we'll dive in. Uh, If you're new here, we are on all the socials. You can click on the show notes of this episode on whatever app you're listening on, and we have a handy little link tree thing with all all the links for you. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, everywhere. We be Evs. We just don't Snapchat, but I don't people think that's have a suggested thing. it. And Tara and I like are like you would see pictures of our dogs mm-hmm. or me doing weird shit at work mm-hmm. or like snow in Alaska. Yeah, nothing too exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so we just keep it with all the other good stuff. And of course, we have a Patreon page, which you can find in that link tree little hub of links as well. If you want to go separately, it is just patreon.com slash three spooked girls. And we have all kinds of fun stuff on there. And we did make a post. We have a goal that we are trying to get to 20 patrons. And once we do, we're going to create an exclusive Facebook group and add even more cool stuff for those guys. And that might be you if you're listening and you're a patron to interact with you guys more. So yeah. Right. No, I'm excited about that group. We Hell got some yeah. Great stuff coming at them. Definitely. And then lastly, a little bit of business. We are partnered with Killer Trace and we have a little code that is also in the show notes for you. If you don't know what Killer Trace is, go check out our live that we did in our Facebook group. It is a true crime box and you get all kinds of cool stuff in there. You and Matt started. How's it going? Oh, it's going good. It's super cool. Like the case we have is a missing persons case. And if you don't know, we requested copies of basically like ring, you know, your little cameras oh, in yeah. the house and stuff like that. And then traffic cameras and stuff. And we already got something back and it's a like it's a ring camera and it's of the victim. And I think her sister was like the last day she was seen. <gasps> so it's like confirmed she was still alive this day we got all kinds of theories going so far but i won't dive into that because that'll be a whole thing (laughs) how people be like committing crimes and missing with these cameras on houses today blows my mind Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, these guys are fucking awesome and they've done a lot of thought into everything. What's cool is too, they have like message boards and stuff. So with other people that get the same box, you can kind of work together. So yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Well, now we'll go ahead and dive into our drinks. Jessica, what did you pick for this week? So since we're talking about prisons, I thought I'd go with that theme. And this drink is called The Prison Bitch. (laughs) I know, I got really excited. It has amaretto, cranberry juice, orange juice, triple sec, and vodka. Ooh, so very sweet, though. Sounds Mm -hmm. good. You know, I always forget about amaretto. It's one Mm -hmm. of those that, like, I think, I don't know. I actually knew someone who used to drink it, like, on the rocks. Mm. I know. I see that face. (laughs) No, No, thank you. (laughs) Right. Like, I would just stare at them like they were weird. But if you drink it on the rocks, like, you must have just a certain taste bud that's activated that the rest of us don't have. Because Mm -hmm. it's such a great mixer, but it's not, like, I don't know. I can't drink straight vodka, but I drink vodka and everything, so. Yeah, true. Same. I should put it this way. I can drink straight vodka. But at almost 33, I shouldn't drink straight vodka. No, probably not the best bet. I mean, the closest I'll do is like club soda and some lime juice. But that's a lot of lime juice that goes into it. So that's still delicious, though. It is super good. Well, I got that boxed wine that I think we talked about. I think it was last week. And it's just the Barefoot Rosé, in case you have no idea what I'm talking about. It's my very first boxed wine. Super exciting. I know I saw it in my store, but I didn't buy it. Tara and I talked about this. It was, <laughs> I got all excited and then I looked over and then there was like a display of salami. Now I'd be here for it, but the salami was not being refrigerated. So yeah. I panicked and ran. <laughs> no fucking thank you. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. a little scared. I'm like, please tell me these just got sat here for a moment. <laughs> someone is coming back to move them. Right, for real. Ugh. But yeah. And again, no. I don't know the storage of salami, so I could be totally talking out of turn. But I'm agreeing with you. So next time you see it and not get freaked out by that, <laughs> grab it. It's pretty good. Well, we'll kind of wrap up our salami talk, <laughs> which Sorry, sounds guys. really dirty. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so innocent. <laughs> <laughs> it's just food that's not refrigerated and it's freaking us out. That's it. A little bit. I'm a little bit creeped out by food that should be refrigerated, that I think should be refrigerated, that isn't, but I digress. Right. But anyway, we digress. We're going to go ahead and jump into Yuma Territorial Prison tonight, and I'm going to hand it off to Jess, because she's going to start us off on this topic. Yes. I'm going to talk about the history of this very interesting prison. Not very many prisons, especially territorial prisons, still remain and are as loved as this one. So Mm -hmm. it was established in 1875. Essentially what was happening is Arizona wasn't a state yet. So the legislators got together and they're deciding what to do with how to seat the different places in Arizona. Who gets a capital? Like what was the capital city going to be? Which became Prescott. Who was the university? Which was Tucson was going there. And then they were like, where should we put the prison? So... They broke for lunch, and before lunch on the docket or the slate, it said Phoenix. And this guy by the name of Jose Redondo went up, and he was a legislator. He went up and crossed out Phoenix and wrote Yuma. Oh, okay. So he did this, and then they came back from lunch, and they're like, fuck, we just want out. So then they just passed it, and that's how Yuma got the prison. Kind of like, fine, have your way. (laughs) 
pretty much. I mean, that's I think how a lot of things are made in the legislature. But I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. You, you definitely don't want to be on the docket after lunch. <laughs> no. That was a 19, or that was not 19 drink. That was in 1875, <laughs> and then on July 1st, 1876, the prison opened. The first seven prisoners who were there built mm-hmm. their own cells. That's nice, right? <laughs> The cells were not very wide. In fact, I kept looking for like dimensions and they just go, they weren't very wide, but I was looking at a lot of photos of them. And so it kind of looks like it's probably about maybe between five and six feet wide mm-hmm. and probably about 10, 15 feet deep, maybe, okay. maybe more 10. And they had six beds in there. So like three bunk beds, like three up mm-hmm. and you got a bucket and that was it. Wow. You got a that was your toilet was a bucket. And because like, obviously they're like, what do I do with the poo? It over, I don't know if it overflows. There was yeah. a lot of sewage around. So they had a lot of sewer cockroaches, which apparently in the desert are huge. Oh, I believe it. Gross. So if you're from Arizona and you get huge cockroaches, don't show us. No, thank you. We can skip that. <laughs> right. Also, the prisoners only got to shower once a week. Oh God. And that heat too. Mm-hmm. It, in the summer, it would get up to 118. For like a lot of the days, they were locked in their cells and they referred to it as baking. The prisoners would bake. I believe it. I mean, you think about where we grew up. It was that hot, sometimes hotter. Like, no, thank you. Just that's when you don't move. Yeah. They also had a very special cell in this Mm -hmm. prison. It's called the dark cell. Now, the prison is set on this bluff and the bluff is of granite and it's overlooking the Colorado River. It looks very nice, like where it's situated. It looks like a fancy home up on a on a big hill, but right. it's a prison. <laughs> so just kidding. They, just kidding. You don't want to live there. They, what they did is they dug into the granite and then put a 15 by 15 cage, which you're like, that's not very big. Mm-hmm. That's not very big at all. And it had no windows. You would only receive meals once a day, bread and water. And it was in complete darkness. I have a feeling that at first there was no cage in the middle and it was just this big hole. But I think prisoners, because they said to stop prisoners from rushing the doors when I was watching one documentary, mm-hmm. they put the cage in the middle. Yeah. So, and they would put people up in there for like days at a time. So mm-hmm. like kind of like the lowest amount you could get was either like a few hours to a whole day. There was a guy in there. Mm-hmm. He was in there for 104 days straight. So he was in there. That whole time. They said after he came out, he was a model fucking prisoner. You don't fucking say. Jesus. Right? They're like, he never stepped another foot out of line. I'm like, I was trying to think of like 100 days. And it's no like, way. kids are just now celebrating their 100 days of school. Right. Right. So imagine the time. <laughs> so that's so long. Well, I guess it's just over three months and like, oh, God, that's over three months. Yeah, that's like three and a half months. No, thank you. Right? I'm out. So he was in there for a while. There were only ever two women who did time in the dark cell. Mm-hmm. I'll get into those two women later. They were they were very famous people. Ooh. Mm-hmm. The guards there were fucked up. So they had like air holes that were cut like down from the top of the granite into there. So obviously, because otherwise you would suffocate. They uh, would drop snakes or scorpions. So imagine being in pitch black in your underwear, oh, in your undie ruse, 
you might not be in there alone either. Jesus. Sometimes there'd be a lot of people in there. And so you don't have anything to sleep on. You don't have any chairs to sit on. You don't know where you're sitting, what you're touching, anything like mm, some bad things probably went down in there. I'm sure of it. Jesus. Mm -hmm. They say that people would come out from the perpetual darkness drink because I couldn't say perpetual. They would come out and they would be like some of them would be crazy. Oh, yeah. I read two prisoners had to be institutionalized after being in there. I'm trying to think of like how dark this could be. I'm trying to think of like when you've ever been in a cave and they turn off the light, like your mm-hmm. uh, it takes your eyes a really long time to adjust, but they never truly adjust. I think that <laughs> everyone's going to laugh at me. It's fine. I was like thinking about that too. The darkest thing I've ever experienced is uh, in Pirates of the Caribbean where it's pitch black. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. I mean, that's, you know, delightful, not fucking hell, but <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it's only hell when the, it's at that part and it's pitch yeah. dark and um, the ride is stuck. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Okay. Sorry. I have to interrupt you. Remember when we got stuck on Indiana Jones in the cave part? That was so scary. <laughs> that is so true. So I have a bachelorette weekend. We were on Indy. And um, you know how if you've been to Disneyland, you like it's like one of the last few turns and it's like dark and then. You like kind of stop, but then the car starts again and you shake on and then you see Indy and like he's standing in front of the boulder. Well, we got stuck at the car shake spot (laughs) and we're just sitting there and it's like seven, I think seven of us are just like, holy Mm -hmm. shit, we need out. Uh And I was in the very, I don't remember who was sitting with me. I don't know if you were or not, but I was in the last row. So I was like, God damn it. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, the murderer is going to come get me first. Fuck. (laughs) Right. I was like, nope, I'm good. I'm like, I think this is part of the ride. And they're like, it has been here too long. Because it was our first time riding it that day. And I'm like, <laughs> are you sure? And oh, to digress more, remember, we got stuck in the hallway because the ride kept shutting down when we were trying to go again. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, it was so hot. And because it's like, they're supposed to pump the humidity through there to give that feeling of like, mm-hmm. you know, mm, it was fucking, I was done. <laughs> There are very few times where Tara has ever looked at me and been like, she might murder someone. (laughs) This was one of them. Yes. (laughs) They would have had to put me in the dark cell. (laughs) So this prison was considered by the town folk to be the, they called it the country club on the Colorado. Mm, Yeah. I tried to limit my reading, but I remember. When they started building, they were like, well, why build it? to be like prehistoric why not build it to be state-of-the-art so it had things like a 2000 book library which was the biggest library in the territory of arizona Mm -hmm. superintendent gates who we'll talk about him a little later too he really wanted the institution of prison to be what it was set for which was to bring someone in to change their ways and send them out better so he would make them learn spanish german math reading and writing and how to play a musical instrument. And then they had a band. Ooh, I will bring that band up later, by the way. A little oh, spoiler. Yay, yes. band. <laughs> but, you know, he was trying to do his best. So the town folk are like, look, they get to learn all this stuff. And they have, you know, eventually they get electricity and running water and all this stuff where the town folk didn't. So that's why they called it the Country Club on the Hill. Mm-hmm. But the prisoners did not call it that. They called it well, hell. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's like one of those things, like if you were like, oh, look at them, like it's a nice breeze out and it's on the river. It must be (laughs) wonderful over there today. 
you were a prisoner, you know, having forced an air that drink, (laughs) a forced air filtration system probably was okay, but it wasn't pleasant. So if you were a prisoner and you looked out at the desert when you were working, you might be like, I could fucking walk out of here. Well, 148 people tried. Oh, Mm -hmm. how'd that go? (laughs) Uh, Not so well. Only 26 made it. Bye bye. Oh, so okay. not a very high successful rate. <laughs> no. <laughs> Two of those made it from inside the prison out by fashioning out of rope a ladder and just climbing over the wall. Hmm. Simple. So the okay. guards weren't very good here. I'm just going to point that out. Like there's no like uh-huh. 100. But here's the thing. It ran for 33 years and there were over 3000 in- inmates there at once. Not at one time, but over the time period. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, 148 people. That's not that many people trying to escape. No. No. But the prison paid some local Indians who lived in the desert $50 a person to bring back escapees. Dang, that's pretty good. Right. So I would just sit out and be like, one of these fuckers is going to (laughs) run. Yeah. You know, in the 1800s, early 1900s, $50 was a lot. Exactly. But the most notable escape attempt was the Gates Riot. Now, when I first read that, I was like, oh, they stormed the gates. I was wrong. It has to do with the superintendent, (laughs) Thomas Gates, who I talked about earlier about wanting to help educate them. So he's bringing all this wonderful stuff to them. And they're like, Mm -hmm. fuck you, dude. They somehow got his pistol from him, which Mm. first rule of guarding, don't let them get your gun. (laughs) Right. So they're holding him hostage and they're like beating him up. One guy stabbed the dude in the neck with a knife, twisted, and the fucker didn't die. Crazy. Right. I'm like, okay, he either I don't know, like, I'm going to have to ask someone like where the nerves are in your neck and like where they had to have hit to miss this. But like every spy movie that I've ever seen, they do that. It's like instant death. Yeah. It's a badass. So four inmates died during the Gates riot. One was wounded. Obviously, Thomas Gates lived because he went on. But a prisoner by the name of Barney Riggs in this whole skirmish and everything, he got the gun. And helped end the riot by freeing Superintendent Gates. And because of that, he was pardoned. Oh, nice. And he was in there for murder. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Never mind. Mind you. <laughs> and then I, I read up a little bit about him later. And he actually ended up getting killed by someone else in Texas like 20 years later. So. Oh, wow. Hm. Yeah. So out of the 3,000 plus inmates that were ever there, 112 died. That's not bad at all. That's less than 10%. I'd take those odds if that ever came to me. Right? So 50% of the inmates who died at Yuma died because of consumption or tuberculosis. Makes sense for the time period. Mm -hmm. So it's about 56 people. 33% died of natural causes like heart attacks. A couple people got bit by a snake. Eight people were shot trying to escape. Gotcha. Six people committed suicide. Mm -hmm. Five people were killed in work accidents. (laughs) Oh, and speaking of work accidents, one of my favorite escapee stories is that a guy was just standing out there, staring off in the distance on his work (laughs) patrol outside the gate and was like, fuck this and walked off. (laughs) Damn. He was one of the 26 who made it out. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> and their theory is that because there was quicksand and the heat and Indians, that these people didn't actually ever live because they were never seen from again. But think about how easy it is. Like, you just fucking disappear. 
Yep, just pick up a new name and you're good to go. Right? So of the 3,000, there was also only 29 women. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised it was that big of a number of women. Right. And they didn't always cross. There's a couple famous women. In 1899, Pearl Hart was sentenced to five years for robbing the Globe stagecoach. (laughs) Okay. Right. And her partner, Joe Boots, also was. But he wasn't as famous. And I think he went to a different prison. Oh, okay. Or hung or something. He wasn't ever at Yuma. So I didn't look too much into him. But so she was sentenced to five years. But it is said that she used her feminine wiles. Oh. Mm -hmm. Feminine wiles. Yeah. To get that sentence down to only two years and then was pardoned. Of course she did. All right. right. And I've learned something by looking at this is that back then when they pardoned someone, it was like someone made parole without any kind of, yeah, no. Yeah. Made, like I mentioned earlier in 1885, that's when they got electricity and they got a hospital, which was said to be more advanced than most hospitals in the country. Wow. They got a dental wing. Oh, they wow. Got, they got some flushing toilets. Yeah, they were the only ones in that whole area, right, to have any? Right. So could you imagine being, like, a free person and being like, they got fucking toilets up there that flush. Yeah, but (laughs) they also have to sleep in and freeze because the desert freezes in the winter, too. Right. So, you know, it's not nice. And, okay, so let's talk about some of the famous people to stay. Yes. So I'm going to say that my favorite bad bitch who stayed there, and she's a woman, her name was Elena Estrada. Ooh, She was sentenced to seven years for manslaughter. Her hubby or boyfriend or lover, whoever, was unfaithful. Mm. So she stabbed that fucker in the chest, cut out his heart, and threw it in his face. Holy shit. Talk about savage. Right? I was like, "Um, (laughs) come again for Big Fudge? What? (laughs) She did what? (laughs) I was like, apparently people in Arizona are crazy because we talked about Jody Arias earlier. And now mm-hmm. we're talking about this bitch who like, so, I mean, <laughs> ultimate savage. Mm-hmm. Seriously. God. Yes. There was, let's see. There's some really fun ones. William Jordan Flake was a pioneer to Arizona in 1877, but was arrested in 1884 because he had unlawful plural marriages. He had sister wives. He has sister wives. Okay. But, like, legit, not, like, how Sister Wives has Sister Wives, where it's, like, this is a commitment <laughs> ceremony. Like, he was actually, like, legit married to more than, so than one fuck, of these. A fuckboy polygamist drink. <laughs> right. So, there is this thing called the Edmonds Act, which basically says that you can't have more than one spouse. <laughs> right. And Flake was, like, it's a mockery and travesty on justice. And he served six months in prison. And then he lived out his days as a respectful community leader and a cattleman in Snowflake, Arizona, with two of his wives, Prudence and Lucy, and their, wait for it, 20 children. Holy shit. So if you count that as fair, like right down the middle, they had 10 each. But you know it didn't happen that way. No. One of those bitches had more than 10 children. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Uh-uh. No, thank you. Another famous person was Ricardo Flores Magnin. He was jailed for violations of a natural act. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that really meant, but what else? Ooh, I do, but I'll wait because I have someone to talk about that did that too, but I'll wait. Yeah, 
but he was not so as unpopular as the person you're going to talk about. Like, I don't know who to talk about. Uh, he was more paranormally, so I stayed away from him. Another famous person that's in there was someone who ran with Wyatt Earp and like, oh. Doc Holliday. Uh-huh. Mm. So his name was Buckskin Frank Leslie. Wyatt Earp said that he was the only man that could compare to Doc Holliday's blinding speed and accuracy with a six gun. Wow. So Frank had a pro- little buckskin. Frank had a problem. He uh, <laughs> he shot his um, girlfriend in a drunken rage. He had anger issues. Ooh, a little bit. Yeah. So he shot and killed her and then went to prison in Yuma and apparently was the most model prisoner they ever had. He never got in trouble. Mm-hmm. Just always did everything that they said. And it was probably because he used to be like a lawman, you know. Yeah. And a fun story about him is that during this time, they wrote this big article and it got published in the San Francisco Chronicle or whatever it was back then. Mm -hmm. And this woman fell instantly in love with him, came to Yuma, met him, and then they got married after he got out. Wow. Okay. (laughs) I'm also very like irritated that these people killed someone and they didn't do that much time. Right. And then Barney Riggs, who we already talked about, he was shot for killing the man his wife was involved with. Mm. Mm-hmm. He rescued the superintendent. So he got a pardon in 1887. And then in 1902 was shot in Fort Stockton, Texas by oh. Buck Chadbourne. I don't know who Buck Chadbourne is, but. Hmm. And then there's the famous Pearl Hart. So she yes. and her, her boy, Joe Boot, robbed the Globe Theater. Or not theater. That's in that's in London. That's Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can drink for me getting something like that wrong. So the Globe stagecoach. It became a media sensation. The entire country was paying attention. She was sentenced to five years. We talked about that she, you know, got a pardon because she essentially seduced all like she seduced other prisoners and guards and all these people and people were like, She's so great. So she gets out <laughs> and she tries to become an actress. But, like, they robbed the stagecoach, and it was only, like, a month later they got caught. Oh, that was quick. Right. They didn't They didn't do very good. They were not very good criminals. And then, apparently, she wasn't a very good actress, either. <laughs> Sucks yeah. to suck. Right? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Could you imagine? You're like, oh, and fuck, I got caught. So, the prison was only open 33 years. It closed in 1909. Mm-hmm. And it was due to crowding. Interesting fact, in 1914, the prison became the location of the Yuma High School. Oh. <laughs> so all the prisoners went off to Florence, Arizona, and then they turned it into a high school because they had the facility, they had the library and all those other places and like mm-hmm. running water and that kind of stuff. So a really interesting fact about it, when it was a high school, the football team went to play someone from like a Phoenix school, the Phoenix high school. Mm-hmm. And they started to tease the Yuma players by calling them criminals. And the Yuma players were like, fuck yeah, we're the criminals. And <laughs> they, their high school is still known today as the criminals or the crims. Nice. Right. Then after it closed and it was no longer a high school, it kind of sat vacant. The Pacific railroad, tore part of the granite outcroppings down to build a new bridge for the whole like ocean to ocean train Mm -hmm. thing. And then during the great depression, it became a lot of squatters used it because, you know, it did have facilities. Mm -hmm. People also would go and steal it for their, like they wanted building materials and stuff like that. And in about 1939, the town folk were like, hold the phone. No, no. 
So they went and they actually got it saved and they turned it into a museum by 1941. Okay. And so it stayed there and then it kind of started running down again. And then in the 1960s, they turned it into like a state park Mm -hmm. so they could get state funding. But then due to budget cuts in 2010, it was starting to like lose its funding and all that stuff as well. So the town folk... And these people, they're not town folk anymore. They're like citizens of Arizona and Yuma. (laughs) (laughs) But those darn town folk, they actually got together and raised $70,000 in 60 days. Holy shit. Wow. That's awesome. Save the prison and make it a landmark. Nice. Right? Like, I thought so, too. And it's it's just so cool. Like, I was watching, like, like a tour guide video that was on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I was like, this looks like so much fun. I want to go. So, again... Yuma is called the armpit of Arizona. So I'm like, do I want to go to Yuma? <laughs> we'll just do a drive through. We'll go to, we'll go to the prison <laughs> and then keep going. <laughs> yeah. No, it's hot. Can we go in the winter? <laughs> yes, we will do that. And <laughs> I'll still die of heat. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Tara's lived in the cold too long. Mm-hmm. So that's all I really have. Okay. Ghosty part now. Yeah. And some of the stuff you talked about kind of ties into what I have to say. So that works perfect. Yay. Call right. clap. <laughs> no, no, no. Nancy Pelosi clap. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Obviously, with all these pissed off prisoners and the death that did happen there, which I mean, in numbers, really, it's not a lot. But I mean, mm-hmm. 100 people still a lot. Right. <laughs> Depends how you look at it kind of thing. Obviously, Especially those... if you look at it as just 33 years. Yeah, in 33 years, that's pretty quick. That can create a lot of negative energy. And those are all a huge factor in the recipe for having ghosts around. Mm-hmm. Right. It ties into other places we've covered where it's like there's anguish and there's suffering and all kinds of stuff that could be why spirits haven't moved on after they've died, whether they died there or not mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it makes sense. So, of course, like all the basic kind of consensus, because there's a lot of activity here. People have heard muffled voices like they're having a conversation. They'll see shadows. Plenty of people have said they've heard a woman singing. So that's just kind of (laughs) some of the like the super basic stuff that happens. And there's so, I know you probably ran into this too, even just looking on the history. There's so many articles, reviews on like travel websites, and then Mm -hmm. tons and tons of YouTube videos. So the first prisoner I'm going to go ahead and talk about, Jessica skipped for me because I'm sure as soon as she started reading, she realized he was a key into the paranormal side. His name, yes, his name was John Ryan and he was a piece of shit, of course. He, Uh (laughs) he was imprisoned around... 1900 for the same thing like one of the guys you talked about crimes against nature what that means is basically he committed a rape or another crime of sexual deviation as they called it ah so he's a dickhead exactly with that said i wasn't too surprised to read this next part he was not very well liked everybody hated him pretty much prisoners they liked for some weird reason yeah no nobody liked him prisoners or guards no one liked him but really, can you blame him? It must have not just been like, I went and raped a woman. It must mm-hmm. have been like a bad rape. Mm-hmm. He eventually did commit suicide. And he lived in cell 14 while he was having his sentence. And that's where he died. Mm-hmm. And like Jessica said, he was one of six who committed suicide at the prison. 
that many. No. I was expecting the number of suicides to be a lot higher. Mm-hmm. Me too. This is one of the hotspots that has paranormal activity. One that stuck out to me was I was reading an encounter from the park's current assistant manager. His name is Jesse Torres. And he said when he passes the cell, every time he finds himself shivering because of how cold it is there in that spot, which even in the summer, which is fucking Arizona, it's almost 120 degrees. So that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, it could just be. And I was like, nope, Jessica. Uh Uh-uh. The cells are not retrofitted with an air conditioner, so. Yeah, no. And then tons of other people have said the same thing, like it's super fucking cold there. And then also some have said they've seen an apparition of him, which is creepy. Mm -hmm. And the way that they described that was basically a light white with shining eyes. And in the picture someone drew up, it was like this white kind of cloud looking body and then Mm -hmm. these black, black eyes. Yeah. But they're said to shine, which is that creeps me the fuck out. Right. Which makes it like even worse. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And of course, since he's the assistant manager, he's had plenty of other experiences besides just there. Mm -hmm. He said he's heard voices all throughout the museum part of it. And then also one night in particular, he thought it was a coworker because it sounded like it was a female voice. So that kind of slims it down a lot. Who it could be, (laughs) you know, (laughs) only 29. Right. And she was like calling to him, but he couldn't quite hear what she was saying. So he's like, what? What? What's going on? Like what? Like what the hell? And so he went down. He'd go to like check where he could hear the voice. Mm-hmm. Not, nothing there. So he's like, Shit. whatever. He's like, OK. So he went back to what he was doing and then it happened again. And he's like, what the fuck? And the person he thought it was, he just, you know, he, they have I'm sure they have like radios or something. Mm hmm. So he radioed her and she was not even in the same building. She was like across the grounds somewhere oh, else. Yeah. So I'm like, Ugh, no, thank you. Right. <laughs> I'm out. Right. Shit. My next area to talk about is one you talked about too. It was the dark cell. <sighs> yeah. That's got to have a ton of paranormal. Anytime I started reading something like paranormal, I just like. <laughs> yes. So like Jessica said, super fucking dark tiny they only got water like so a lot a lot of suffering there they had like their i think it said their legs were shackled separately with ring bolts so they couldn't Mm -hmm. get out yeah right in case somehow some guard like didn't see that the door got latched or something Mm -hmm. exactly so just all the bad juju there and apparently I want to say like in the 2000s. I may be totally wrong on the date. I didn't write down the date. So there was a reporter from like a magazine there in Arizona who wanted to go check it out. And she Mm -hmm. tried to stay the night in the dark cell. Fuck that shit. (laughs) She was supposed to stay chained for 48 hours with only bread and water, just like the prisoners. She almost made it, though. She made it 37 hours, but at that point, she just, I guess, couldn't take it anymore. She either radioed or, I don't know if she had her phone, whatever, called for help and was just like, I know I'm not alone. I can't do it anymore. You need to get me the fuck out of here. I like that. I know I'm not alone. (laughs) Right? But yeah, no fucking thank you. She made it longer than I would (laughs) have. I think you and I could do it together. Yes, but by yourself? Mm-mm-mm. And if she had her phone, then that kind of means that she had like a flashlight. So yeah. I hope, I hope she had a walkie-talkie. Yeah, I mean, it didn't say which really, so, but. Mm-hmm. The weird thing is the most popular ghost is actually not a prisoner. Mm. 
it's a child. And a psychic had at some point visited the grounds and she was able to tell that it was a kid, not an mm-hmm. adult prisoner kind of thing. And this ghost, she's not bad though. <laughs> it's kind of funny. She's a little girl and what she'll do is she'll pinch people, especially if they're wearing red. <gasps> We're wearing red. That's uh, more coral, but. No, I mean when red. we go. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Bright red. <laughs> maybe it's because she it's her favorite color who knows maybe she's like hey let me get your attention i like that color i don't know you know maybe. that kind of thing but everyone who's encountered her said they don't feel like she is malicious or evil just kind of mischievous kind of vibe i mean and, the prisoners do i mean not girls but the prisoners did range from the ages of 14 to 88 so right so i mean never know but People think since it was like, I don't know if they've decided on an age or if the psychic said so, but basically they think she was a part of a squatter family that oh. went to the prison, that kind of thing, and may okay. have died while they were there. So, Like, what is that? The Grapes of Wrath situation where like somebody Possibly. died and they just buried them? Yeah, maybe. They don't know. There's another kind of funny ghost at Yuma, and this one is said to stay in the gift shop. And apparently his name is Johnny. I don't know if that's just a name they made up or if he's communicated, but he's also super harmless. (laughs) He likes to flick coins in the cash register. And he also knocks off the shelves. Yeah, he flicks fucking coins out of the cash register and also knocks crap off shelves, apparently. So the thing to do in the gift shop. Right. There's not much else to do in there. Oh, could you imagine being a little kid in there and like something like fall off the shelf near you and your your parent is like, why did you do that? And you would be like, I didn't touch it. It wasn't me. It was Johnny. (laughs) Funny. I bet the workers are like, no, no, no. It's just the ghost Johnny. (laughs) Apparently the employees, you know, because that's all a part of their marketing thing. They're very open about talking about like the hauntings and ghosts and all that stuff. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Unlike some places that say, oh, no, we're not haunted. Bidwell, we're talking to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I went down the rabbit hole of YouTube, of course. Oh, I love that. So one of the cool clips I watched was of our homeboy, Zach, on Ghost Adventures. My favorite part on what I watched was they, I don't know what kind of scanner, high-tech stuff they have, but basically they had it at pointed at the stage in the like theater or whatever it is there and there was five ghosts they picked up and it was the band they were playing music or it looked like they were playing music or oh, something that's so cool yeah and then it was crazy too because at some point one of them like had ran out on stage the way he was moving you know I'm it looked like he was like dancing or something and then he left mm-hmm. and then at the end they like waving or high-fiving or whatever so it's just it's kind of cool to watch that you gotta watch yeah. that yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll link it in the show notes too for you guys because it was it's not super long. It's just a couple minutes, but it's still really cool to see. Awesome. Yeah. And then of course, because I know you watched this one too, I watched <laughs> the BuzzFeed Unsolved episode. <gasps> I did. I watched it. I love those <laughs> boys. They're so funny. I just, <laughs> are you a ghoul? <laughs> right? Like screams it in the sound. I'm like, stop. Headphones. Mm-hmm. Stop antagonizing them too. Shit. That's not going to end well at some point for you guys. No, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I watched that. If you're unfamiliar with them, check them out. I'll link that video too. It's it's a legit episode. It's like 20 some odd minutes, but mm-hmm. it's cool. They had tons of activity while they were there. Not surprised yeah. at this point. And the biggest hotspot for them was 
where the riot was that Jessica right. talked about earlier. And they heard, and you can hear it too in the video, the footsteps. Yeah. Not once. Not once, but twice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to plug them right now. Like, they don't mm-hmm. know us. Whatever. They're really funny. And um, I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of them. There's another, like, BuzzFeed group that I watch a lot, Ladylike. And one of my favorite episodes mm-hmm. is they gave them makeovers. And so it was really funny. I was like, yes. But, nice. yeah, watch Unsolved because it's – not only do they actually, like, take it seriously, but they're very funny while they do it. I feel like it's we're similar. It's like their coping mechanism is just their humor and stuff. And I do that too. So I'm like, yes. I'm pretty sure that if I was ever like out doing something like that, I would like literally like pee my pants. I talk a good game. Like, yeah, I'd totally go ghost hunting. But like in this situation, I'd be like, Tara, I want out. I want out now. Right. <laughs> that was like the most creepy part. Cause you could actually hear it. Um, mm-hmm. They heard tons of voices in other areas. Like, I think it was like the guard tower or something they heard a lot and just they had some activity too in in cell 14. Yeah, all kinds of creepy, creepy stuff. And then uh, they got traumatized by some bats, which was pretty funny, but I'd probably freak out too. <laughs> right. They went in and they were talking in the cell that uh, Strata was in and they, he was like, you can rip my heart out. And he was like, don't say that. She's had practice. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you want to antagonize her to do that. Might tempt her. So, but yeah, like I said, tons of videos. There's plenty of people who's like, they've taken GoPros, whatever. The Travel Channel obviously has done quite a bit with them. But those those two are my faves since I like watching both of them on the regular anyway. So yeah, lots of activity there. I would absolutely love to go check it out probably in the daytime just because it does sound extremely creepy. I would go if I could go with like a ghost hunting team. Yeah, that would be fun. So, so like, I would like to be those people like, I know Ghost Hunters doesn't watch, listen to our podcast, but <laughs> if someone ever, if they ever did, I would, we'd love to. Yeah. Right. Or Amy, Adam, oh, are mm. you listening? <laughs> Amy, Adam. But Ghost Hunters is coming back. I know. I'm so excited. Taps. Oh my God. Tara and I were obsessed. Mm-hmm. We were. That was our show. Yes. But yeah, um, that's kind of my little spiel on the paranormal side of the prison. Mm -hmm. So that's really all I had here. We just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in again. If you're new here, check us out. Also, towards the end of each month, we put out extra episodes. February had four if you were a patron, three if you were not. So tons of us, tons of us for your listening our jaded lovers episode we bit off a lot more than we could do <laughs> yes so if you guys haven't checked that out and you like true crime there are two they came out uh that monday and tuesday so two awesome cases but this is really all we had for yuma prison so we hope you guys enjoyed it we hope you learned a little bit and like i said we'll have some fun stuff in the show notes for you to watch on yuma mm-hmm. so yeah with that we'll go ahead and sign off and we will see you next time bye guys Bye.